0: Hello and thanks for joining me here on the first ever episode of The Big Chat, where I'm joined by some amazing people to talk about all the different ways that brands, businesses and individuals can get an edge in today's digital world. My name's George Hughes and I'm the founder and creative director of video agency Small Films. Today in this inaugural episode, I'm in Queen's Park, North London, at the headquarters of confectionery brand, Livia's, talking to the founder and CEO, Olivia Wallenberg. Livia's products can be found on supermarket aisles across the country and range from millionaire squares to nuggets and bicky bombs. They're all vegan, gluten and lactose free with no refined sugar and made from completely natural ingredients. And I can personally vouch for the fact that they taste delicious. In this episode, we talk all about Olivia's motivation for starting a free from food business. And how Instagram has been integral in the rise of her personal brand and her business. She also shares some of the tricks she's learned along the way for keeping authentic in the online space. Olivia, thank you very much for having me down here. Thank it's you exciting. for
1: coming to interview me today. Yeah.
0: It's it's great to be here. I'm really excited to talk to you about all things about Livia. Uh, Olivia and Olivia's and formerly <laughs> Olivia's Kitchen it's hard to follow yeah but <laughs> know, you've had a, a massive rebrand haven't you so that's the big the big news that's just been happening with yeah you guys. we
1: have so this the pa- new packaging is still rolling out um, we were working on it end of last year so it's something that we've been really excited to show the public um, we've changed our name from Livia's Kitchen to Livia's. We feel like it's much more fitting now for our big ambitions. Um, Livia's is much more in line with the big confectionery brands and we're no longer doing everything from my parents' kitchen. So we wanted to take that part out. Um, but we've still very much kept the authenticity of the brand. So the apron icon that everyone knows us by, that's still there and that represents that there's a person behind the brand. Um, but it's a lot more bold, brave, colourful, impactful, so we're really happy with how it's all looking.
0: I love the, I love the, um, the apron design on the, on the sort of new branding. Yeah, it's, it's kind fun.
1: Of... It's kind of like, I'm dancing, I'm fun, I'm quirky, yeah. like have a go, like try me, taste me, you'll yeah. love it and you won't go back.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, I've I've tried your products and I really really like them. Um, it's amazing to consider that there's not actually any refined no, sugar or naughtiness in them. Imagine you
1: came here today there. and you said I hate them. Uh, no, that would be bad. No, that would be no, bad. <laughs> uh, right thing to say. So yeah, they're they're all made with the best ingredients, always wholesome, natural. No additives, no preservatives, and an ingredient list that we can always be proud of.
0: And the new, the new product is the Dunkers, right?
1: <laughs> the Dunkers. You've got dunks uh, okay. right behind me. Mind it is all Dunk. <laughs> Let me
0: try that one again. Let me try that one again. So the new product is the Dunk's range. So yes. tell me all about those.
1: So they are completely new to the market. We launched them two months ago now Um, and the whole idea is that it's an interactive process so when you go and you pick up food these days from supermarket grocery stores it's usually a bar a ball it's not something that you can really engage with so we wanted to create more of an experience with this new product range so that it appeals not only to adults but also to kids so what else could be better than cookies that you dunk into a dreamy nut butter based dip so, we're kind of riding the nut butter trend, but we've made it very Livia style. So, we've made it sweeter, more indulgent. And then we've created really simple, delicious cookies that you you dunk in your nut butter dip. <laughs> <laughs> <That was it. laughs> I shouldn't be in an
0: advert. But I think that's, it's really nice, though, isn't it? To have it's, it's that kind of experience of eating yeah, rather exactly. than just I unwrap it and I stick it in my totally. mouth. It's kind of you're getting to experience something exciting
1: yeah exactly and you remember it more as well and so we love the snaps that we're getting of parents giving it to kids and the nut butters all over kids faces and you can see the enjoyment of that these kids are getting from the actual experience but it's not just kids like adults are loving it as well having it on their desks at work it's just something that they can kind of snack on for a longer amount of time as well it's not just like open the wrapper and then it's just gone yeah. so it, it's a really fun product
0: and what's been the response to it from to your fans from people who love your it's your range it's
1: been amazing i think um the chocolate hazelnut one people are kind of like in heaven with it's mm-hmm. just a uh, Best variation of Nutella, which yeah. it is obviously nation's favourite.
0: Lovely. Yeah. I don't like Nutella.
1: Do you actually No, not? I don't like really? it. Really? Isn't
0: it weird? I know. People look Have at me like that when I say it. that. Um, but I just don't like the nutty flavour to it. It's oh, really? Weird, oh, well, yeah. then
1: maybe the, <laughs> 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 the <laughs> dogs but isn't for you yeah, then. Yeah,
0: maybe not, maybe not. But
1: um, but no, the response has been amazing. Um, we've done a huge customer survey and um, we've sent it out to over 2,000 people and we've got amazing feedback from that. So mm. we're kind of actioning all of the things that people have been saying as well because we always put the customer back into the mm-hmm. centre of our business. So we make sure yeah. that whatever they're saying, we listen to and we action. Yeah. But it, it's been, the response has been great.
0: Great. Oh, that's really exciting. So I think feel like we've jumped ahead a little bit. Yes. Obviously we're talking about kind of the new range and everything, but I'd love to just kind of take it right back and just, um, just first of all ask you, Tell us if if, I, if I've never come across your brand before and I don't know anything about you, could you just give me the sort of in a nutshell, who is Olivia? What is Livia's?
1: Oh, who is Livia? Mm-hmm. I never really get asked that yeah. one. And so I am founder and CEO of Livia's. I feel like that really defines me now because it's all my life and yeah. it's all encompassing. Um, who I am is um, someone who is very passionate about this industry. Um, And I became this way because I was diagnosed with intolerances about five years ago now. I was diagnosed with intolerances to wheat, dairy, but also things that make my life very difficult like garlic, onion. Um, And at the time there was nothing in the market that really tasted good, felt indulgent, satisfied my sweet cravings. I'd been studying neuroscience for five years before um, and was very much committed to pursuing a career in that. But when I was diagnosed with these intolerances, I had another calling, one might say, Um, and I really wanted to fill this gap in the market. And I had this idea for delicious, indulgent treats made from wholesome, natural ingredients. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to be mainstream. I always wanted to be accessible. It wasn't going to be a niche kind of really obscure product that most people didn't understand. I wanted it to be nostalgic to people, and that's why I started with a range of crumbles, um, apple crumble, something that everyone in Britain knows and loves. And that's how I got the name for myself, um, as the person who's kind of reinventing the wheel with desserts and treats. And then after crumble came the millionaire shortbreads, another quintessentially British desserts and treats. Um, And then since then, I became more brave and bolder and I actually, instead of started starting to reinvent the wheel, I started to create kind of completely new treats that no one had ever heard of. So Bicky Bombs, one of those? You kind of have to try it to know it. Nuggets then came next and now most recently Dunk. So we are really playing very strongly within the world of confectionery. Um, we, we're obviously using great ingredients, but we don't see the people in the health and wellness space, as our competitors, it's much more about mainstream confectionery mm-hmm. and providing an alternative to the people who really want that naughty treaty moment. So
0: I feel like uh, often the sort of free from section of the supermarket is often filled full of sort of boring stuff that nobody really wants, yeah. you know, it's kind of like the sugar free and there's nothing yeah. nice about and, it. Yeah,
1: things that don't really taste good, yeah. so a lot of the time it's kind of like rabbit food, it's yeah. like, <laughs> you know, seed mixes and stuff that you can't really get that excited yeah. by, but actually what we've done is we've shown people, we're kind of free from, by mistake, actually what, what we are is delicious more than anything else when i explain the products it's they taste good and they're exciting so with our new branding as well i think that's what we've really captured so it's a celebration of product livia's celebrates taste and indulgence and it allows you to have that treaty moment so our whole campaign around this new branding is better treat yourself and it's about celebrating that one treaty moment that you might have in a day. So whether it's having our products or a lovely cup of tea or going for a walk, having a nice bath, having a massage, you deserve to treat yourself. And I think the world has become very much against that indulgent moment. And we're trying to bring it back. So we're saying take that, you know, half an hour in your day and really think about what you've accomplished and you deserve to kind of treat yourself. And um hopefully it's with our chocolatey treats yeah.
0: <laughs> that's such a great message to to get across to people i think and i i do think i feel passionately that we're sort of living in this world at the moment where the government's imposing these taxes on you know sugar and fat and it's you know we're all being punished for wanting to indulge yeah. obviously there are some people who maybe have a bit too much of a, a good yeah. thing but the rest of us you know you just want to take a moment out to just enjoy yourself yeah. and have fun
1: yeah totally and it, it's like everyone is too rushed off their feet all the time mm-hmm. and everyone's so busy and work and you, you very rarely sit back in your day and work mm-hmm. and think, actually, I need to ha- have a little bit of time for myself here. And what we're saying is, like, get a pack of our products and get a nice, lovely cup of tea and dunk our products in that tea and just kind of relax for a minute because you deserve to and you deserve to every single day. And so we're really, we're celebrating that moment and we're really proud of doing that and we've seen that really work very well across social media as well so we're telling everyone to tag their treaty moments mm-hmm. and use the hashtag better treat yourself and people are doing it when they're on dog walks or climbing mountains or taking baths or taking their kids to the theatre mm-hmm. so many different moments but they're using that better treat yourself to capture it and we're really proud about promoting that message.
0: I love that. I'm going to be looking for that hashtag. Yeah, when I go it's a good one. Definitely. So for, for anyone that doesn't know, when you talk about um, your products like the Bicky Bombs and the Nuglets, yeah. they, the things that they don't have are, maybe you could just explain to what they don't have in them and what, what you've managed to Still make them taste nice. Yeah, absolutely. So,
1: so we'll never have additives or preservatives in our products. Um, we sacrifice the shelf life there. So retailers will often say, "Oh, it's confectionery. Do you have a 12 to 18 month shelf life?" And no, we absolutely don't. We have a much shorter shelf life um, because we don't put any of those nasties in the E numbers. We don't. We would never do that. So it's all simple, very wholesome ingredients like oats, maple syrup, coconut oil. Um, we're using the same sorts of ingredients across our whole product range but we're mixing it and processing it in a different way so that we've now created four different product ranges that are really distinct to each other and you can always trust us that the ingredients will be the best we've sourced it from the best suppliers um, and that you're not eating anything that you don't understand I think that's the main thing when I was looking at confectionery packaging you kind of go through these ingredient lists and there's 30 to 40 ingredients that you can't even pronounce. Mm-hmm. And you have to Google to understand yeah, what I mean, it is. Yeah, I mean, they have so
0: many ingredients on the back. Yeah, yeah. It,
1: it's absolutely crazy. Mm. I can't comprehend how they're still allowed to be sold yeah. even. I think in 20 years, it's going the food industry will be a completely different landscape. Um, but what we're doing now is, set, is setting that. So we're saying you don't have to have all of those ingredients in it to be delicious. So we still have chocolate, but it's raw chocolate. All of our ingredients are completely natural. There's no heavy processing that goes involved. So what you see is what you get really, and you get all of those nutritional benefits, whilst at the same time having that amazing, indulgent moment.
0: Love it. And is, I mean, are your products only for people who have food intolerances?
1: No. And actually we did um, a survey a few weeks ago And over 2,000 people took part. And it was so interesting because the majority of those people are are customers. And I think it was like 78% of them, I can't remember the exact number, but they aren't free from. Mm -hmm. So that for me is like the best thing ever Mm -hmm. because we appeal to the people who are and the people who want to stay away from these ingredients, whether it's because of lifestyle or allergies and intolerances, but mainly we're creating products that are unanimously loved so whether you have those intolerances or not you try them you love them so we're often tagged um in photos on social media by people who have gone to boots for example and picked up a meal deal and they've they've got a diet coke and they've got a blt so they're not vegans they're not necessarily caring about what mm-hmm. they're eating and the ingredients but they see our packaging and they're like yeah that looks good and, yeah. and that's what i love this is meant to be a mainstream brand and we're really we're mm-hmm. really getting quite far with that mm-hmm.
0: you said to me um once that you know about you want to be up there with the the rest of the mainstream yes yeah, so Cadbury, us mm-hmm. say
1: mars we kind of we are as good as those mm-hmm. people and those are, those products are eaten by everyone men women you know gym goers will occasionally have their mars bar kids and that's what we want to do we want we, we're all encompassing brands so yeah. we're not ruling anyone out so it's not like we're high protein and we're only appealing to those gym goers it's for anyone and everyone yeah.
0: do you think um the success of livia's is part in part due to that sort of movement of of healthy eating and people being conscious of what they're putting in their bodies and not yeah. wanting refined sugars and, you know, all I, those nasty yeah, stuff. Yeah,
1: I definitely think so. I I started Livia's at the right time. Um, there was this clean eating trend that was going on that I saw was happening, but hmm. I kind of... Uh, how is best to explain this? I, I was part of it, but at the same time always stayed very clear from using those terms and being associated with that trend because clean eating to me always seemed like a punishment it always seemed like if you weren't eating clean ingredients you you know the opposite is you're dirty and you're doing something wrong so we never ever described our brand as being clean Mm -hmm. but what i did do is i i started promoting at the time when clean eating was becoming really really big Mm -hmm. But what I did instead was talk about natural and wholesome ingredients rather than talk about it in the way of yeah. being clean. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and at that time as well, when clean eating was becoming big, all of these bloggers and companies were becoming really huge on Instagram. And Instagram five years ago is definitely not what it is mm-hmm. today, and it was much easier to grow a very loyal following and customer base. And that's what I did. So I had no funding when I started the company, but I started an Instagram page and that's how I've done all of my marketing and advertising pretty much still to this day. Um, so I, I tapped into the clean eating trend and the wellness trend. And I often do talks about wellness, but for me, wellness is about balance and it's about our com- campaign Better treat yourself rather than about being mm-hmm. clean yep. eating.
0: I've got you. You mentioned about Instagram there. I wanted to talk to you about that. So, how sort of important do you think social media has been in terms of the growth of the business?
1: Social media—it's kind of—it's transformed our business, and not just transformed. It hasn't changed it. it that's how I built the business. So. I always explain that our company, there's products at the core of the company and then around the company there's this halo of social media because I, like many other people, when they start a business, you don't have huge amounts of funding. Um, And the funding that I did get, I had to put that towards branding and packaging and recipe development. Um, I couldn't do it on traditional marketing activity. So what I did is I set up my... Instagram page. Um, at first, I asked everyone from my personal page to move over to my professional one, and I had about 170 followers, and I was like, I'm doing really well. This is, <laughs> this is really good. Um, but I saw that I had to build that following very quickly in order for anyone to know who I was, because when I was going and approaching buyers at supermarkets, everyone was like, who are you? I've never heard of you before. And I needed something to back up what mm-hmm. I was doing and what, yeah. I, what my mission was. So I was driven around by my parents right at the beginning for weeks and weeks just delivering these products to anyone and everyone who had some sort of social media presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was when one day I delivered them to Vogue and um, about an hour later, I looked at my phone, I had thousands of notifications and I'd gone from, I think it was maybe that 170 to three and a half thousand followers. Wow. And it was because Vogue had posted about the delivery that they'd got that morning of delicious crumbles that were made of good, wholesome ingredients, but that tasted unbelievable. And they kind of said, watch yeah. this space, this company is going to be huge. And that was the endorsement that I needed. And I copy and pasted that photo from... Instagram, mm-hmm. everywhere. So that's how I first got my meeting with Selfridges and Planet Organic. Um, and then because I had that one endorsement, social media just grew for me quite organically and people, the right sort of people were coming to my page and then loved yeah. what I was doing. They saw these delicious treats and they were like, oh my God, they're made from good ingredients. What could be better? Yeah. And then it just, it just grew and grew from there. Yeah,
0: That's amazing that you know well obviously you were putting in the graft weren't you you're driving around trying to get the oh, product yeah, out my, everybody my parents, really. well they were doing all the, all the, all the driving <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I owe a lot to them <clears throat>
0: but you're pounding the pavement basically yeah. you know you're just trying to get the message out there but obviously Instagram has helped tremendously in just reaching lots of people and getting the message out there
1: yeah absolutely yeah. so we now have almost 130,000 followers wow. and what's really special about our following is how engaged they are. So a lot of people have been following me from those days when I've been driving around in our refrigerator van with my parents and they've they've been part of the journey. So we always say to these people like, what do you wanna see next? And what do you love about our company? And I get feedback from those people who have been following for years and years and nothing could be better. They're, the big corporates don't have that resource yeah. and we're so lucky to have mm-hmm. it and the company wouldn't be anything without yeah. it.
0: Yeah, I talk about it in terms of it's like having your own tribe, yeah. you know, you, you've basically built up followers, they're not just followers, they're people who actually are advocates for yeah. your brand, they're your own your ambassadors aren't yeah, they? definitely. So they're spreading the message, they're, they're, they're bringing other people into, yeah. the, into the community. Absolutely, yeah. and,
1: and big companies will spend tens of thousands of pounds mm. collecting research from their customers, whereas we kind of put up on an Instagram story, what do you think of this versus this? And you get 10,000 people entering straight away and you do that for free. But it's not, I never like to say it's for free. It's taken a lot of time to build that following and you have to put a lot of work Mm -hmm. and energy into keeping that following because you can kind of build it, but then a lot of the time it can fall away. So it's taken a lot of my time and I kind of, spend half my time in business and then half time on social because you have to split it and it's such an important resource for us. Um, But yeah, we're we're very, very lucky and we want it to grow. We want to be able to know the people Mm -hmm. who are buying us and who are loving our brand. So we want to carry on engaging and growing our following.
0: Do you find that hard um, striking a balance now between being active on social and also running a company at the same time because it's yeah. quite time consuming isn't it? It's
1: really tough I think one of the reasons why we have such an engaged following is because I've always shown myself and I've shown the highs and lows and the realities behind mm-hmm. actually building a business whereas a lot of social media especially when it's a brand it's very polished and it's mm-hmm. very glossy whereas I felt my following through showing you know the realities, the behind the scenes. So sometimes it will be like me crying, being like, we've had a packaging disaster and this means we <laughs> have to delay launches and people love that honesty. But as we get bigger and, you know, my company gets bigger more of my time has to be spent on managing people and recruiting for more people and, fundraising and all the things mm-hmm. that come with a growing business. It's very hard to spend a couple of hours a day speaking to your phone and speaking mm-hmm. to your followers on social. So I'm, I'm struggling with that at the moment because I think a lot of people are missing that kind of constant update that they used to get from me. And I, I just am so swept off my feet all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's difficult to dedicate that time just for that. But I, mm-hmm. I want to go back to that because it was so important to our brand. Yeah. And I don't ever want to outsource that and give it to yeah. anyone else. So I want to do everything that I need to do here and, and build an infrastructure mm-hmm. in a team so that I have a little bit more time freed up so yeah. that I can go back to social.
0: Sounds like they need to invent a cloning device so you yeah, can just have two of you. Yeah, there then, was two yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of
1: me.
0: You, do you still get, I mean, because obviously you started out with a passion, which yeah. was I, I, you know, you suffer from food intolerances. You couldn't find anything that was nice and indulgent that you could find. So you started to create your own things. Yeah. Um, And that's then turned into a company. But now you're really busy. Do you still have time to kind of roll up your sleeves and get get into the kitchen and start experimenting? Yeah,
1: I make sure that I do. I think um, the times when I'm most stressed is when I haven't done that enough. Mm. So I'll I'll go for a couple of weeks and realise that my time has been spent meeting like investors and going through financial reporting and forecasting and all of these things that I love now and as a CEO I have to be involved with but sometimes I have to bring it back to why I started it and my love of product and baking and deliciousness and so sometimes when I'm my most stressed you'll find me sleeves rolled up <laughs> chocolate all around my mouth. I mean, it happened last week yeah. um, when I'm just like, I just need to be doing some <laughs> some tasting in the kitchen. Yeah. So I'll probably never move away from yeah. that. I'll probably always be very, very close to product yeah. development. and um, That's my passion. Mm-hmm. So I'm building a team ar- around me who can help with the day-to-day, but I think it'll always be me who's mm-hmm. coming up with the ideas. Um, that that's That's why... I do what I do. So yeah. it would be too sad to move completely away from it.
0: Yeah, And I guess, you know, product is really at the core of any successful company yeah. because if your product doesn't stand up, it doesn't matter how good you are on social media yeah. or as a business person, oh, totally. it's, people you, won't buy it. You
1: have to have the repeat customer. So mm-hmm. you have to have someone from the second they see the packaging that has to resonate with them. It has yeah. to make an impact. So it really has to call out to people on shelf. As you have to make people pick it up then on shelf and make that decision to yeah. actually go to checkout and buy it. And then after that, you have to give them that incredible taste experience mm-hmm. so that they never want anything else. And yeah. when they go to that shop again, they just buy and buy and buy again. Yeah. You don't just want people to find the packaging attractive in the first instance, but then never buy again, which is Mm -hmm. I think often what happens, especially Mm -hmm. with free from they kind of have, a lot of these products have great health credentials, but actually when you taste them, you don't really want to be buying that again. So.
0: And of course you want them to share, share that experience with their friends, with their family and and spread the message about the product.
1: Yeah. And that's why we've made it a very social, product and yeah. the packaging is kind of like take a picture of me mm-hmm. show how you're eating me and we've got different formats so we have impulse packs so you can eat on the go but we also have sharing formats mm-hmm. um, so that like you said you can share with your friends yeah. and family and have that whole kind of indulgent moment with them
0: so you've built a business completely from scratch would you say that came easily to you was it a smooth process
1: oh god smooth no but it came quite naturally to me um i think when you're so passionate about a product you will move mountains to make anything happen so there's never been a moment where i've thought i don't want to do this anymore um and i think that's the one thing i would say to people starting business make sure you love the product because there are so many challenging times and you have to be so passionate about what it is that you're doing that no one can shake you Mm -hmm. um has it been smooth no there have been so many hurdles there are every single day i think at the beginning especially you know i had to research how to start a limited company how to set it up and how to get my accounts in order and how to do that at the same time as actually developing recipes and then not just developing recipes but thinking about packaging and then how to get that packaged product onto the shelf and the legalities behind that there were so many hurdles and it was such a steep learning curve Um, but that's how you learn and I think I've been so involved with all of those processes that I can kind of I have such great oversight now in everything going on in the company because I've been the person who's mm. doing every part at one point.
0: You've been in there in the, yeah. in the trenches doing it yourself. Well,
1: exactly. And I think it'd be very difficult for someone to kind of come in as CEO when they've not done all mm. of those things. And
0: setting up any business, I, I, I would defy anybody to say it's been easy, um, you know, it's a difficult thing to do. Yeah. But as you say, there are highs and lows. What would you say was, has been your biggest high?
1: oh god biggest high it's there i mean there are so many every day kind of as ceo and founder you you're on this like emotional roller coaster all the time you can't decide if you're like elated because of all the successes that are going on or if you're just like more stressed than ever because of all of the problems going on at that same time um biggest high i mean i'll never forget when our products launched first of all in Selfridges, um, when they had a barcode on them and people could actually like scan them to be something that was just like, I could not believe that moment. It was insane. And even to this day now, when I go to Tesco Express and Sainsbury's and Boots and all of these major retailers, and I'm buying, I can pick up my own products and put it through checkout. And I've been involved in that. I, you know i came up with the idea i then came up with the recipe i then designed the packaging and to see it through to finish it there's just nothing quite like that so i think that's biggest high i think coming into an office like this every morning is a huge high and seeing the team that i've built and the fact that i've created jobs for people and and jobs that people love um i know that you know so many people spend their days doing things that they don't enjoy Um, and I'm hopefully creating something that people are proud of and they feel that they've got a huge kind of influence in, which is an amazing high as well. lows. Did you ask me about
0: lows? I didn't ask you about lows. I was going, I was thinking, <laughs> should I ask about the lows or not? Cause it feels like a bit of a bummer, but yeah,
1: don't you know, ask about the lows. No, let's forget we'll about those. the lows. We'll, we'll keep on the highs.
0: <laughs> I think the highs are good. Everyone knows there'll be lows, yeah. you know, and, and that's, you, you'll, you'll be the one that knows about those and you'll yeah. probably remember those and yeah. learn from them. Um, I find, you know, your mistakes are the parts that you grow from most actually. Definitely. That's my experience anyway. Um, in terms of, you know, as a food startup, um, I mean, you're, you're starting to, you know, get into the, much more into the mainstream now. It, it's it's an exciting time, isn't it, to be a food startup? But it's also a very competitive time, and it's quite quite difficult. What what, what would you sort of? Um, what's been your experience of this sort of, sort of food startup world?
1: Ah, oh, I've had an amazing experience. Everyone seems to be in it together. So I think the majority of us don't, even if we are essentially in competing spaces we don't see each other as competitors um we h- like to help each other so there are so many founders who have gone through similar things that i've gone through and we pick up the phone to each other and we just have a big yeah. rant and it generally it's a it's a very warm and inviting space and yes it's become very competitive and it's hard to get a name for yourself but i would never tell someone to use that as a reason to yeah. not enter this space i think yep. that there's enough space for everyone you have to mm-hmm. do it you obviously have to have a usp mm-hmm. um but net, networking is really key in this industry and that's how i learned so much so quickly mm-hmm. and so for anyone who's thinking about starting i would just say mingle and you know pick up the phones to people who've been there and done it and yeah. learn from them yeah
0: i think in the past you know if you just went back 10 15 years i think that it would have been quite difficult for a a brand new food um company with no track record to try and get any sort of penetration with supermarkets it's very yeah. difficult you know it's a very much a monopoly I, yeah. I feel like today it's a lot easier to to get stocked in in it's you know yeah, supermarkets and boots and places because
1: the small companies are Actually, more agile mm-hmm. than the big companies, and the buyers in these supermarkets are catching on to that. So, what we can do versus the you know huge corporates like Cadbury's, Mars, I mean, we can do so much compared to them. So, we can develop a new product within a few months if the supermarket wanted to. Whereas, you know, the huge corporate they have to go through mm-hmm. months if not years of trials and you know they have to go through so many hoops to get anything on the shelf. Hoops yeah. or loops?
0: Go through? Yeah, jump through hoops. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> that, we'll go with that. It's fine. Uh, how, how, how important do you think um, the fact that we now live in a digital world is helping um, food and drink brands to, to get traction? Do you think it's a, big, a, big, a very important factor?
1: Massively, for I mean, for me, it has been. I think for people who are starting companies who don't prioritise social, they're missing a trick. Um, For us, we speak to the retailers and we say, "Look, this is what we can do for you on social. Like we're speaking to 130,000 people that you're not speaking to yet." And the retailers love that. Mm. And if you don't have a big following, then you're you're missing that kind of buy-in piece Mm. and sell-in piece especially, Um, that's one of the ways that we first got our listings by saying, look, people already love us and they're already engaged with us. So I would definitely recommend people who are starting a business to really prioritize social.
0: Have retailers ever contacted you directly via social media?
1: Most of them. So most of the listings that we have, the buyers have approached me directly on Instagram. So places like Boots, Tesco, um, Sainsbury's, all of these major retailers the buyers have been following for a while and then reach out and say I'm a buyer here would you like to come and have a meeting so it, it's quite rare I know a lot of other people really try vigorously and that you have to hustle a lot yeah. to get in contact with those buyers and for us it's been quite different so yeah. That just shows the importance of building a very engaging social media platform
0: sometimes people can find it hard to to make the connection between their online activity and their offline activity Mm. do you do you treat them separately or are they very sort of intertwined with the things you're doing
1: yeah it's all so linked i think if we had a completely different strategy for offline and online things would feel quite disconnected um so everything comes back to product the celebration of product and how we can shout about that so in-store marketing has to kind of speak to social and we need to speak on social about in-store marketing so it's all very much tied we have a very small marketing team so it's not like we have an in-store marketing team <laughs> yeah. and then a digital team is kind of like one person for each yeah. um, and so Everyone's working really closely together and we all have the same objective.
0: Yeah. In terms of the digital aspect of what you do, what sort of advice could you give to other um, businesses that are trying to do a similar thing?
1: I would say be authentic. Um, That's one of the things that we have over these much larger companies. So the fact that I've kind of been behind social um, and, you know, been posting behind the scenes and it's genuine. So be genuine, be authentic. Um, make sure that everything ties so it's not like what you're saying online is completely different to offline and your packaging needs to say all the same things that you're saying on social as well so you need to make sure that it all really ties together. Um, I mean digital is much more than just social so you need to look at your website, you need to look at consumer journeys, you need to look at how your are speaking to your customers through digital. So the surveys that you're doing, mm-hmm. just be on top of every single touch point. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there's so much that digital encompasses. Yeah. Um, so make sure it all ties together. Okay. Don't have one person doing website and another person doing social. That should be one person who's kind of owning the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Do you have quite a, a good sort of strategy in terms of what you how you plan out your activity online or is it kind of haphazard you're just going to every week week to week or is it do you sort of have campaigns there's
1: a bit of both so we have kind of major touch points that we want to talk about and shout about but at the same time then if I'm out and about and there's something that I want to post about it'll never be like oh let me just look at our social media calendar and see if this fits in because then you lose that authenticity. Mm -hmm. So you have to have a little bit of both and it's about balancing it. Yeah,
0: And part of it is about being prolific as well. I mean, you know, if you don't have enough content being put out, you know, you need to engage people constantly, don't you? Totally. So it's just,
1: you know, if we've not got anything to post about that day, then do a live Q&A with people and get people engaged that way. So you always have to be thinking about what's next and how best to, engage with your mm-hmm. following
0: and presumably putting your customers at the heart of everything you're doing so getting them to as you say engage exactly with you and,
1: yeah, yeah exactly
0: in terms of um, let me ask you a question about video because um, you've done a lot of video content in the past you know you did uh, your own recipes and things like that has video paid played, played an important part in all of your social media activity
1: I think if you're including stories Instagram stories then yes I think had Instagram stories not been invented then um, we would have had a very different sort of following. I think me kind of speaking to our followers and engaging with them through video has been incredibly influential because they love to know all of the behind the scenes as I've mentioned before. Um, at the beginning I did a lot more on YouTube which wasn't so much the right platform for us. It might be now but we, we moved away from that for a while but i'm definitely looking at maybe doing some more things on that because people do want to have more content more recipes for example and see how easy it is for us to put things together yes. to create something incredible and delicious um so it's something that i would like to look at again i think video is really really important um, you everyone engages much more with a video than they do with a static post so when i have the time i would definitely like to focus on it it's just again finding the time
0: i guess with stories it's just so good isn't it because you know you put something up there it's only up there for a certain amount of time it can be kept fresh if you look
1: like a mug then it disappears so you're fine
0: (laughs) exactly it's kind of got you can be a bit rough and ready with it do you just grab your smartphone and just just go for it yeah i've just
1: always got this with me and i just snap anything and everything there's never really any thought that goes behind it sometimes i see my friends and they're like how do you kind of plan what you should put up on stories like, i don't even think about it anymore i'm just one of those people who just has my phone see something i like and just put it up and with whatever caption and that's how you get that yeah. authenticity there's just a person behind yeah. it and it's not like there's a brand and i'm given yeah. messaging to put on every single post it's not like that at all
0: Have you, do you think you learnt how to do that or do you think it's something that you were already doing before you even set up the company?
1: I think I've just always been a huge oversharer. I always overshare information and so now the Instagram stories are available. I'm like fantastic, I can overshare even more. Um, So yeah, it came quite naturally to me.
0: If you were going to give other brands, marketers, one piece of advice that they could get an edge in a digital world, what, what do you think it would be?
1: Gosh, I think it goes back to what I was saying before in that actually it's not necessarily about being edgy and very branded. It's about being genuine. Um, I think people like to follow a person and a story rather than they do a brand. So I think if you can create a business where there's a, a personal story behind it and that can link through to everything that you do, especially on digital, then you're winning. Um, everyone likes to create a story about everything. And if you're giving it to them, you're kind of solving the problem straight off. So I would definitely say, keep genuine, keep authentic. Don't try and do quirky things with a brand all the time. Make it more about a personal story.
0: I think that's a great bit of advice. I think definitely, I 100% agree with that. I'm all about stories, but I think that being genuine is is absolutely critical. Exactly. Awesome. Listen, do you want to play a little game?
1: I do. Take, I would love to play a short. game. So,
0: so um, I've got this little game that I like to play, which is called Two Truths, One Lie. Okay. Right? So I'm going to read three facts to you. Okay. And one will be a lie. And you have to see if you can spot which one's the lie. Do you oh, think you God. can do that? Okay. <laughs>
1: Probably
0: not. Let's see. Okay. So I'm, going, I'm just going to read all three. Okay. And then you, just, you decide which one you think okay, is, is made up.
1: <laughs> Nervous, okay. starting to sweat. <laughs> All right,
0: so, okay, first one is one in nine UK food and drink startups fail in the first year. Um, the second one is the word gluten originally comes from the German word for greedy. And the final one is last year, more vegan products were launched in the UK than any other country. Which of those do you think?
1: Oh, I would say that more than one in nine food startups fail. So I would say that one is false.
0: Unfortunately. No. I have to say that that is true. Really? Yes. What's one in it? nine. It's not too bad actually. So one in nine companies that start. I would
1: have thought a lot more failed yeah. than that.
0: No, well. That's so, the statistic I do not know, really according, to, according to Mintel or whoever it was. <laughs> the lie is actually that the word gluten originally comes from a German word for greedy. Oh, it nice. actually comes from the Latin word for glue, um, due to its ability to hold grains like wheat, barley and rye together. Well, there you go. Quite interesting, isn't it? I uh, something new every day. Thank you for that. I, I, do, I do think that the, sort of those facts, though are quite interesting because I think that you know, there's so many UK startups at the moment and the food sector is just exploding. Yeah. And the vegan, uh, you know, this fact about vegan products, more, more vegan products were launched in the UK last year than any other country. That's amazing. The trend is absolutely yeah. mad. Isn't I, the it?
1: reason why I didn't pick that one was just because I thought America, would yeah. has been, are you sure?
0: Yeah. That's a, that's a Mintel statistics. Wow. So I wouldn't I'm say, double check I wouldn't Mintel. say, yes, they, they might be, they might be full of it. They might be full of it. Yeah. Just upset I don't like know. That. I'm not sure about America. I, I feel that, um, I but don't know. I America
1: think it's, are very big on, um, kind of plant-based, yeah. but more meat alternatives. So I don't yeah. know. I mean, it may that not would be strict be, that,
0: vegan. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Well, I think it is, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm, well,
0: I'm, um, I do think it's it's really interesting the, the the sort of that craze that's going on at the moment everywhere you go now there's a vegan you know yeah. every restaurant Nando's, has a vegan option like a yeah. chicken Greg's, restaurant yeah
1: it's insane yeah. it's amazing Piers Morgan
0: has been kicking off you know <laughs> of course doesn't like it at all of course um, so if anybody who would like to go out now and um, pick up some Livia's products, what would you recommend they do? Where should they go and what, what should be their first introduction? Oh, God, this is like my
1: advert moment, isn't yeah. it? So we are found, well now, almost in 4,000 stores across the country. Um, so we're in places like Tesco Boots, WH Smith, Sainsbury's, Waitrose, we're on Ocado. But we also have our own website where you can order direct from us. And um, that's Livia's.co.uk. I would um, try one of everything.
0: <laughs> just simple uh, ev- yeah
1: everyone has a different favorite um but i always think it really depends on yeah. like what time of day you're eating it and so just ch- try one of everything i mean yeah. there's 16 different um products yeah. now in our range so
0: the millionaire I've, bites isn't it yeah they, uh, they're they're my favorite
1: they're they're now called million squares million
0: squares um, they you can't like, you can't believe that they aren't just um they're, caramel there's, there's and everything maurice, else. Incredible. The, yeah, they the most yeah. delicious
1: product. I'm very proud yeah, of them. They're really my, nice. the first in the range and still the most popular and really, really yeah. proud of them.
0: Olivia Wallenberg, <laughs> thank you very much for coming on. It's been great chatting to you. Thanks so much for having and me. And best of luck with uh, the new launch and um, all the new products that are thank out.
1: Thank you so much. One, two, three listen.
0: I really hope you enjoyed the first episode of The Big Chats. If you want to hear more, then please do subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget to also check out our YouTube channel, where you can watch the highlights from the series. All the information you need will be in the show notes, or if you can't find them, then head over to www.smallfilms.com forward slash big hyphen chat.